Does your broker tell you they're managing your retirement money on a daily basis? Really? So when they're on vacation, how does that work? Do they have computers doing their job for them? Is that reliable money management? Is it time you learned how to have reliable retirement income, keeping your principal, and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy. Strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial Hey, welcome to the show. Power. Thanks for being here. I'm Arif Halby on the Total Financial Hour, your place for news, talk, and information. This is AM870, The Answer. A uh, special guest for you, as I promised last week, so we'll get to her uh, towards the end of this hour, maybe uh, the beginning of next hour, because I want to cover a few things that I think you're missing. And when I say that you're missing it, it's because the noise in the room, have you ever been part of a, uh, I don't know, a conversation, and the loudest people in the room are the ones that get all the attention? Off in the corner, there's a little whispers. Over here, you have a little talk. Well, people forget those are the ones that are usually the most important conversations because they don't have to be loud to make a point. They don't have to be loud to make a difference. And that's my push for you. I always want you to get out, make a difference, to get out and be a part of the conversation. In fact, be a part of the uh, advocacy. Maybe it's crossed the line of just speaking and now it's about being an activist Right, Dan Bongino recently said something uh, fascinating to me. I like to listen to his podcast now and again. And he said something. He says, I'm not a journalist. I'm an activist. And I'm proud of being an activist. And, you know, it was his interview with Megan um, Kelly. And I thought to myself, one, he's an honest person because that's where his approach is coming from. But two, you are living in a time, isn't it nice? You're living in a time when you have the freedoms and the abilities to walk down the street Think what you want, at least for the time being. Maybe not here in, in Los Angeles County, right? California is now doing the thought police. Try to stand outside of a, an, an abortion clinic or try to stand outside of a left-wing rally where the racists will be talking about black and white and forget about character. See if, if, if holding a sign makes a difference. Try to go after the trans activists, Right. These are violent people. When I was a police officer in Los Angeles, the ACT UP LA group, remember that? It was the AIDS group, uh, the, the Gay Rights uh, AIDS Research Fund uh, recognition of their cause and wanting to get more funding. And so we would stop at a stoplight and these people would stand in front of us and, and scream and yell in the middle of the crosswalk. 
they would come alongside in a protest at uh, Century Plaza Hotel. I remember they picked up one of my partners, one of, a female partner, threw her against a planner. To this day, she's never been the same. In fact, I think she had to retire off the police department. So, th- so this violence occurred in 1990, 1991. Uh, it, it's always the left wing. The left wing, they are the radicals. And if you take a look at what they're doing to universities and colleges, you see some of you are delaying your retirement. In fact, some of you are not even going to retire because you think paying for your child or your grandchild's college is more important than retirement. Well, maybe it used to be that way, right? 25, 30 years ago, where was information? Well, well, it was over there in those brick buildings, way over there. Remember that? Yeah. And in order to get there, you had to either know somebody or have a lot of money. And if you didn't, well, that's okay. You went to a state school. Kind of like wink, wink, nod, nod. At least you got a consolation prize. But to get to those schools, boy, it was tar- hard to do. Now, unless you were an athlete. If you're an athlete, boy, you had a chance. If you excelled in your field, you had a chance. Except today now, what, what are you seeing? Today now you're seeing trans athletes, men dressed as women, men wearing tuck uh, bathing suits. Thank you, Target. By the way, uh, I stopped shopping at Target. I may have gone in maybe two or three times in the last two years. The moment they let men dressed as women walk into the women's uh, bathroom and the changing room. I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding. We used to arrest people like that. I, listen, if you've done your transitioning and, and that's, uh, I feel for you. My heart breaks because you're a human being and, and, and created in God's image. Those, those are very big and important things. But nonetheless, you don't think that there's something wrong with a person who's dressed in drag wanting to dance in front of preschoolers or kindergartners or elementary school? Forget whether you think it's good for the children. But when you have transvestites and transsexuals thinking that they can or should be dancing in front of six-year-olds, that's a sickness, guys. Oh, but don't worry, your retirement account is fine. Oh, don't worry, you've got six pensions and three social security checks. Oh, yeah, 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 you're fine. Yeah, don't worry about you. Are are you going to get up? Are you going to fight? Somebody's got to fight. You are the ones. This is really important. You're the one with the steady income. You can't be canceled. See, that's the beauty. TFS Financial Insurance Services, me, our company, Our job is to give you reasonable, reliable retirement income that cannot be canceled. Wow, what a a concept. That means on the 1st or 15th or whatever it is you want, 10th, it doesn't matter. Every month, ching, comes right into your account. Can you stand up for things? Yep, you can. Can you you fight? Can Can you run for office? Yep. Can you spend the time needed on the school board or the PTA president or go to the meetings at city council? Can you do that? And not worry about your income? Yes. Maybe that's the reason that you worked hard. Maybe that's the reason that you saved. 888 retire That's our number. 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. Maybe I can help you. We've helped a lot of people. Our job is simple. It's to give you the ability, the freedom. Yeah, imagine that word, freedom. To do what you want to do and not be reliant on somebody else for money. Right? You could stand out in front of Target. You can uh, protest Bud Light. I told you that I threw away my Nikes. 16 pair. Yep, 16 pair. Maybe I have a shoe problem. I'm 16 pair lighter now. 
right, because the homeless shelter wouldn't take them. They said, oh, we don't take you shoes. I said, these two are pretty, pretty brand new. They said, I'm oh, sorry, we won't. Take them. I'm like, are you kidding me? I won't wear them. Oh, Arif, Arif, you already paid for them. It's over. Uh, yes, it is. But I walk around as an advertisement billboard. How many of you have logos on your shoes or your shirt and you're being paid by the company to advertise their product? None. No, no, uh, nobody, unless you're one of the athletes, right? You're a golfer or somebody who's being paid, right? That's why it's on the hat or on the shirt. But none of you are. I mean, come on. So have some integrity. I believe this. Oh, yes, but I'm wearing that. I believe this. Oh, but I'm shopping at Target. Right? That's all you have left. My job is to protect your income. Getting back to the expenses, and some of you would say the waste of money on college. You see, when information was over there, you would do whatever it took to get it. Right? Uh, look, you would go back to the fields, factory, you'd be mowing the lawns, cleaning up, working in the fields, working in the factories. You'd save up enough money for who? The oldest boy or the oldest girl to go to college? Yeah, I'll give you a minute. The oldest boy. Off he went. You'd all go back to the fields and factory. You spent your life savings. You know you're never going to buy that new piece of equipment only with the hope of having that son come back with just a little bit more knowledge or a lot and change the world, your world, your community. Maybe one of you had a son that was just so brilliant and smart and and the community said, look, we're going to have to do something different because it's five hours to the next doctor. So here's what we'll do. We're all going to pool our money together. It's called rate. Wait for it, a scholarship. And we send Junior off to college, and four, five, six years later, we check our watch, poof, he comes back. And he comes back with knowledge, and he's now our doctor in our community. And the trend continues, and America becomes greater. But 25 years ago, the knowledge came to you. Ready for this? For free. Hello, your free Obama phone. You can go by just about any place Downtown L.A., Downey, you can go uh, uh, places in Orange County, Lancaster. They pay the, the guy who owns the gas station. They pay him a couple hundred bucks, 500 bucks. They set up a little pup tent in the corner with a table. Come get your free Obama phone. Do you really think, let's think about this together. Do you really think they require fingerprint, social security card, ID? Uh, no. And off that free phone goes. I encourage you this weekend... Memorial Day weekend. No, it is not for veterans. Thank you. Don't thank a veteran. Because if you can thank them, they're still alive. So who do you thank? You thank their family. It's Memorial Day. I encourage you this Memorial Day to look at a movie, not from one of my favorite people, but left-wing Tom Hanks. I believe he's the one that started. It's called The Circle. See what getting a free phone is all about, folks. Free with, with quotes around the big, the big F. Just get, just quote, quote F, free, free. I'll let you figure that out. And you get your free phone. Kind of exciting, huh? Then what happens? Ah, the government. Take a look at the, at the, uh, the movie The Circle. You'll see what happens. Fast forward. Your son comes back from college with all the knowledge. It was worth it. But you see, 25, 30 years ago, when knowledge comes to you for free, and some of you guys are still taking money from your house, Retirement accounts, credit cards. We'll get to those numbers here in a minute. Student loans, government. Hi, please, can I have some money? Why? 
because I want to want him to learn something. Wait, once you guys find out that it comes to you, I, I, I do this. I talk to people. I said, oh, the knowledge is free. Hold on. Hold on. While I'm talking with them, I'll open my phone or my computer. Let me see. How do you build a nuclear reactor? Yep, there it is. Nuclear reactor. 17 years of school. Nope. Nuclear. Right? I mean, you understand. It's just about easy to find out the what. The what is everywhere. The how to build something is everywhere. What do I want your money to be used for? The why. You see, that is still valuable. You don't take money from your home to pay for your child's college. We're coming up on that, right? This is the, yay, Jimmy got accepted to Harvard, Yale, Stanford, uh, $37,000 because they're giving me this free thing. It's called, and by the way, all these little uh, scholarships they give you, they're phony. The Chairman's Award, the Presidential uh, Sunbeam Award, uh, uh, the, the Cardinal Effect. It's all air. Education is exactly the same as any other product. What does it cost per student? Professors, electric bill, the guy that mows the lawns, uh, the, the person that works in the cafeteria. They add it all up, divide by the number of students, and that is my cost per student. Let's say it's $6,000. Well, wait a second. Uh, Susie has a scholarship, softball scholarship. Amazing. Well, somebody's got to pay her $6,000. So Li Fang on the other side, right? Because China's kicking out money left and right. Li Fang says, I'll pay her $6,000. i will pay that. Plus mine. Plus I'll pay somebody else's. So China, poof, now has three students that they pay for, for only one attending school. Aren't they so generous? Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Why do you not take money from your house to do that? Because a house is for house. Retirement is for retirement. Right? You don't pull money from your retirement account to pay for your car. Why do you think the government spanks you? Both state and federal government penalizes you. We call it a financial spanking. They say, no, no, no. If you do that, you will pay penalties, fees, fines, taxes, all sorts of things, depending on where you pull it from. So what are people doing today? Last numbers I have is just just under 200,000 Americans. Ready for this? 200,000 Americans that are collecting Social Security and they're having their wages garnished. Wait, what, what? Yeah. So in other words, if you can't afford to pay your student loan, thank you, Mr. Obama, who made private student loans virtually illegal. He said, oh, we're the government and we're here. Student loans, are the best. Thank you for taking care of my children's. You did it. And then, of course, the government is also part of the collection agency called IRS. So people don't pay. Maybe they can't, right? If you can't afford to pay it, do you think you probably need all of your Social Security check? Uh, yes. So then they turn around and 200,000 people are, have their Social Security checks garnished, meaning you were supposed to get this and really you get less to pay your student loan payments. Thank you, President Obama. We warned you about this. I've been on the air 18 years. I warned you about this from 2004. 
Some of you thought, oh, well, it's still nice, the government. I'm a conservative, but not really. Sometimes, but sort of. This is it. This is the payment. Right now, we're we're, we're finding out that financing college, student loans, and uh, the rest of life, partly student – listen, student loans are rarely going to cover everything unless you have scholarships. So what do people do? Well, you live on your credit cards. So what are we seeing with credit card debts? Ready? Uh, cost of living on credit card debt. I want to get you the most recent numbers. Somewhere in the neighborhood of a trillion dollars in total debt set aside for college. Is that, is that, is that a problem to you? I, I think somebody somewhere needs to look at this and go, well, now, now look, I, I'm not saying you can't afford, you shouldn't do it if you're going to get the points. And then you pay it off, right? So if you earn $5,000 a month, you understand that you still have, ready for this, $5,000 a month to spend. You can spend some in a debit, some of that 5000 in a credit card, some of it in cash, some of it electronic. You just pay your bills. But if you have a $3,000 credit limit and a $5,000 income, it doesn't mean this month you can spend $8,000. You can still only spend five. It's just a different way to spend some of it. And what we're finding is the cost of colleges and universities have gone up so quickly, so much, that the only real way for people to survive, it's not necessarily tuition, but it's credit cards. Use it to pay for your cell phone. You're using it to pay for meals out. You're using it to pay for your books, for lab fees, parking. So don't forget the little silent loser, the little sister, the little loser sister in the financial world of school is credit cards. Student loans, they're certainly one of those. But I don't want you to forget that people are spending money left and right on something that today you can find out for free. It's important to know that. Because then what do you do? You've heard me say, I had some of you come in this week. Very nicely. <clears throat> and what did we talk about? I told you exactly how I did it with my kids. Two years of community college. Why? I want you to go play. Figure it out. Oh, shop class, psychology. Oh, biology. Oh, I hate this. Wonderful. For 35 bucks or $60, whatever. Your job, go figure it out. This is part of life. I'm not going to pay $300 or $600 a unit for you to go and figure out You ended up not wanting to do it, but you're going to get this college degree because you're halfway or three-quarters of the way done, and now you're going to do it just to make me happy. That's ridiculous. I prefer you just go, play around in community college, figure it out. I think community colleges are by far the best deal in this state. And you've also heard me say that College of the Canyons is by far overpaying its chancellor, Diane Van Hook. You can come on my show, Diane. We were acquaintances for many years. When I find out they're paying you $30,000 a month and you fought for a pay raise and they closed down a nursing school uh, class so that you could get a pay raise. Oh, Arif, uh, that's not how it works. Uh, it, it's all mandated by the state. I know you've tried to use big words with me before. So I created a plan for you. That's amazing. You just spent $25,000 bringing 
the left-wing communist, anti-American, anti-white racist to come and speak at your school. So, Diane, this is my, this is my suggestion. What is the cost to run a whole new nursing class? Like just another one. You got a waiting list there. And then you donate that. Right? You donate it. You have a million dollars plus in your retirement account. You have millions of dollars plus in that pension fund. What if you donated the $56,000 for the professor? What? Arif, you're talking crazy. You, what? N- no. I mean, that would be like helping. Helping. We, we want this left-wing communist to come and speak. That's where we're going to send our money. Maybe it's Diane Fierro. Maybe she's the one who made the decision. I don't know. Ms. Fierro, you, you, you know better. Why don't you bring in a conservative, pro-American, Turning Point USA? We talked to you about bringing Larry Elder, but he had already announced and, and you made a call. And I agree. Point of view. Oh, it could be a political donation if we pay him to come and speak. I understand. So instead of Larry, uh, uh, Charlie Kirk, maybe that's the answer. Right? Oh, maybe Matt Walsh. Way smarter than me. I mean, these guys, they, they know what they're talking about. Why don't you pay them the $25,000 plus the ten or 15000 in travel fees? Shh, no. Yeah, I know we found out. We found out what you did in a state school. You should know better. You should know better. It's America, the same place that made you a multimillionaire with a house in Newport Beach and a house... And Stevenson, ran, what, wait, wait, who, who's paying for that again? Oh, yeah, the taxpayers. You know better. I don't know what happened. I think you just wanted to be popular. Or maybe you always hated America. I, I don't know, folks. Why would you hate America that much? Why would people hate America that much to take money from Americans and sit on the stage and hate them? I don't know. That's what they did. Right? She's the same one with the shotgun that was responsible for shooting, maybe even killing a couple police officers. Yeah, she's the one that, that came and spoke. Uh, to be clear, that's not uh, Ms. Fierro, and it's not Diane Van Hook. I'm talking about the speaker, some, whom, whom I, I yet to name. You see, that's what you guys are doing. You're borrowing money from your retirement accounts. You're taking second mortgages on the house to pay for these kinds of things, to have your kids turn around and be indoctrinated, to have your young women be uh, annihilated in the sports. Title IX, what? What does that mean? A guy in, in the state of California realized there has to be no, no uh, evidence, no progress medically All he has to do is stand up and say, and today I'm a young woman. Put some rouge on, maybe a couple of earrings. Walk into the girl's locker, state of California, walk into the girl's locker room, uh, swim, gymnastics, whatever, volleyball. You still have a young lady recovering from being spiked in the head from uh, from a trans man, woman. I'm not really clear on the term cis, cis, y, jai, I don't care. Men and women, two genders, that's it. You guys, this is important. You understand, what are you going to stand up for? You're going to sit there and you don't want to hurt people's feelings. And meanwhile, they, run a, they drive a truck over you. You have to stand up and say, guys, come on. 
And then you borrow money. Your retirement is on hold. You're afraid to get fired from your job because of all the other companies in Southern California that have decided they weren't going to be a theme parks or amusement parks or sell soda or beer or stuff. They decided to be politically active. Well, when you enter that arena, you realize you're going to be subject to the problems that come from entering that arena. You see, you're not hiring people that used to work the sales floor and then the stock floor and then checker and then assistant manager and manager. And now that person sits on the board of directors or is the vice president in charge of something. That's not what you guys are doing. Big corporate America, what are you doing? It's simple. You just go to these schools and say, oh, let me see how many letters after your name. Ooh, you're fancy, fancy. Big words. Got it. Activism, social justice. Got it. Check that box. We'll hire you. Have you ever thought, like, what if you just hired regular Americans, like normal people, not activists? And I mean both both sides, right? There could be crazies on both sides. There always is. But when the left wing comes to play, they're playing with a different set of rules. You guys are still, look, we're still cautious. Dennis says it best. He says there's three kinds of people. The fighters, those that support the fighters, and then everybody else. I don't want you to be one of those everybody else. I want you to be one of the fighters. And if you can't, be somebody that supports the fighter. That's what we try to do. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me after the break. Special guest coming up. Talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, and planning for your future. That's what we're all about. 888-99-RETIRE. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. For those of you just joining us, I'm Arab Halaby, the total financial hour, triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Triple eight ninety nine retire. That's how you get a hold of us. Some of you uh, have always wanted to talk with me about your particular uh, financial situation. I'm going to give you the email again because we put those on our second hour. Although uh, today and occasionally we have a special guest, so I'm going to have a guest on this hour. Uh, sorry, next hour of the program. But I do want to give you the email address to send me your email questions. It's Arif A R I F Arif at tfswealth.com. That's Arif A R I F at tfswealth.com. All right, that's for your emails. Second hour of the show, we'll do that again next week. All right, I've been talking about a few things when it comes to your financial life, when it comes to student loans. And I want to encourage you to not take out uh, loans against your 401k to put them in college. Now, you might say, Eric, you don't understand. When my time, this is, I had this recently. And I love you. I know you listen to the show, so, so I'm not picking on you. I just want you to, to hear the whole part of it, which is this. 
Arif, when my daughter was three years old, I told her I'd pay for any school she could get into. Then when she was 10 and she was struggling, I said, I'll pay for any college you can get into. And we started watching USC games. And then when she was 15, I said, I'm going to pay for you, USC. If you can get into USC, I'll pay for USC. All that is wonderful. But did you save that whole time? You see, there's two sides to that. Your words, mouth, move, dollars in savings account. You did one side of it nicely, and and, and that's very uh, admirable to promise and help your child to do something. But on the other side of it, what does it mean when you think you're going to save money uh, or, or you want her to go to school and you don't put money aside? Right? I had a, a gentleman recently said, Arif, my retirement account, because by the time he, he got married a little older and had kids a little later in life, he said, by the time I'm ready to go, uh, my, my kid's ready to go to college, I will be... 59 and a half. I can pull money from my retirement account without any penalty or fee. I'm like, are you kidding? Retirement is for retirement. It's for pieces and parts. You see, the reason you get all these goodies, deferred interest, deferred gains, tax write-offs, is because the government says, we will give you those. But if you play the game the correct way, which is pieces and parts, and here's a few dollars, and here's we're going to replace your income that's the job of a retirement account. The job of, retire- of a retirement account is not to say, and I want to buy a new RV. Nope. How about a boat? Mm-mm. It's to say, I used to make 65000 a year or 165000 a year, whatever, and now I'm not because I'm not working. So I'm going to replace that income. Yesterday I was earning from a job. Tomorrow it comes from my retirement account. Those are very important numbers because if you know that, then you will know how much you need to save. And that's a big part of what we do. We sit down and say, I can make your retirement life happen. Here's the way to do it. And we do it in this particular formula. I'll give you a good example. Husband, wife, both physicians met in medical school. Very lovely couple, by the way. Very lovely. Uh, Nice people. Finished medical school. She does part of the, the residency. And then she says, I don't, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. Why? She said, well, because I'm pregnant and I want to have kids. Great. But how are we going to pay back your student loans? Together, they were $753,000 in student loan debt. And the husband said, well, I'm going to work. I said, great. How much can you make? He said, well, the type of doctor that I am, it's about 175000 a year. I'll let you figure out what kind of physician or what field that is. I said, well, that, okay, by the time you pay taxes, by the time you pay you know, for your retirement account at work, pay back your student. Your student loan debt was seven grand a month. But you realize you're not paying $7,000 a month, meaning you have to earn $7,000. No, no, no. You're actually having to earn ten dollars or $11,000 a month. Pay the state, pay the federal, Pay, uh, uh, payroll tax, right? 7.6% payroll tax. So by the time you're done, you have to earn ten, eleven, twelve thousand $12,000 a month. Give the federal and state government five or $6,000 a month. Then you get to pay your student loan. So in other words, your, your activity, your effort, your worth, your first $120,000 a year is before you ate 
dinner. That's very important. Now, I'm not saying, sorry, don't raise a family or don't have children. Or What I'm saying is you jumped in the water to get a loan and to go to school. You told me and others as taxpayers, trust me, I'm going to be a doctor. And we said, woof, we're going to pay for this one. We need doctors. We need good doctors. We need doctors, good doctors that are good people. Well, what do you mean you're not going to pay it back? So they have to pay it through. So in other words, he's now having to make three or 400000 a year to make the same as a journeyman plumber in their very first year. See, when I push back on student loans, I don't push back on student loans or even college education because I think it's a bad thing. I don't. But if you're going to try to get the same degree in something that you can research on your favorite search engine, then why would you borrow money for it? It shouldn't cost anything, right? You can get free Wi-Fi at your local coffee shop. You can get a free Obama phone. I told you that. Just go to a a gas station in some of the not-so-great parts of town. You'll see a big banner up. Give me my free phone, free phone. Right? That that's how so then you just go into your search engine and you can find how do I solve how do I fix a broken bone? How how do I find out the, the capital of Tanzania? You can figure these things out. But where's the problem? When you think it has anything to do with making money or being wealthy. See, one of the things I I taught my children was college degrees ha is is not gonna have a whole lot to do. There there's variations, so this is in general. It's not going to make you healthy, healthier, wealthier, wise, more informed, better financial stability, future secure. No. It's going to make it so you can learn more about something and be classified by others as an expert in that field. Now, if you're going to be building bridges, I want you to go to college and get a master's or maybe even a PhD in quantum physics with engineering and, I mean, whatever the words are. Right, scares me, all that math. But you're going to try to be a brain surgeon. Got it, college. But why is it that most young people who are trying to save to go to school, when you ask them what they want to do and they tell you, and I say, then what does it pay when you get out? They have no clue, none, zero. I said, but the, the denominator is not the same. You see, you're using money to get the degree, so you have to use money on the other side of the degree. If it's knowledge, then it's knowledge. And by the way, if it's your money, if you saved your whole lot, we saved for our kids' college. Uh, we had a little savings for them as well, 529 plans, very important. Set aside money. The job of that money is for education, for the child's uh, well-being benefit. If that's what you're going to do, you're using your money, blow it all day long. You go to any college university it doesn't matter to me. You go and have a blast. Spend your money. Go seven years at UC Irvine like a relative of mine. Go play. It's your money. I don't, it's, it's just another thing. People want. I wouldn't want my, my child to marry you because you're a, you know, a rudderless ship but, and failing to grow up and, and achieve life. But, but you're not a bad person. I just think you, you have some issues on – Self-worth. So those are important parts to what I think most, most people are missing. Right? I, I think they're, they're thinking 
college is supposed to achieve something. So they graduate, they come out at the end after throwing up their cap, and they open the door and they go, here I am, Uh, who wants me first? People are saying, excuse me? Yeah, yeah, who wants me? You say, well, well, I don't know. What what can you do for my firm? And here's my favorite part. They come in and they they'll say, uh, uh, excuse me, I just want to know uh, how much do you pay and what is my vacation per year? I said, where's the stapler? They said, what? I go, where's the stapler? You, you can't even tell me where the stapler is, let alone the restroom. And I'm supposed to pay. Look, I mean, you understand, it's the opposite. I used to go to some place. When I was young and I would work 16, 17, 18, I'd say, let me work for free for a week. And if you like what I do, if you like how well I do it, the rest, then you pay me afterwards. And within two or three days, they said, okay, it's it. You're hired and I'm going to pay you for the past few days. Great. That was my confidence in the quality of work that I'm doing. The outstanding amount of student loan debt. Remember, I wanted to bring that number to you. $1.76 trillion. Trillion. Remember, I, I remember covering it when it hit $500 billion because that was the day Mr. Obama was elected president. It was about $500 million. $500 billion, sorry. $500 billion with the B. And it doubled in eight years. Instead of – so it becomes kind of this indentured servitude, right? I'll give you an example. If you were Irish or Scottish – and you were coming to the new world, British, right? You would come and you say, but I don't have enough money to pay for my passage. No problem, sir. We have a sponsor on the other side. He's in Pennsylvania and he's going to pay you or pay for your passage. And here's the contract. Sometimes, well, most of the time they couldn't even read. But they said, you see, you have to work with us for me for four years. We'll give you basics, food, shelter, clothing. But you have to work for me for free for four years to pay for your passage to the new world. After that, boom, you are a free man. So that man would get on a ship, come across, usually the farmer or the manufacturer on the other side, the new world, would pay that ship owner for your passage. And in return, you were now an indentured servant. Now, what would happen? Well, many, most, I don't know about most, 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 many of the times, four years would come and go and off you would go. But every once in a while they said, oh, no, no, do you see that contract? It wasn't four years. You see, there's a one in front of it. It was 14 years. Or they keep moving the goalposts, adjusting things. Can you say student loan debt? Oh, don't worry. We're going to pay it off in 10 years. Oh, 20 years. Oh, we're going to, oh, now we're going to forgive it. Vote for me. Vote for me. Forgive it. Oh, what do you mean? The Supreme Court. Because you know they're going to reject it. The president can't just give away money. He just can't do that. He can't, he can't do that. You see, the president of the United States actually has, it's right around $200 million. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, and these are older numbers. But it's probably right in that world. He has an off-book slush fund. So just like some of you will work at a dental office. You might work at an at a office where you can get cash payments or the deductibles or the co-pays, and it goes into what? Petty cash drawer. So the president of the United States for a very long time, regardless of party, 
has their own petty cash drawer, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's sitting there. What can he use it for? All sorts of things, just so you know. All sorts of things. Supposed to be legal, I guess, all of them. But all sorts of things. $190 million was the last number I heard. Probably more than that now. Can use that to do any. So if he wants to give away that slush fund, give it away. Right? Congress, everybody's kind of agreed that it's the off-book account, quote, the presidential Oval Office petty cash. So, so he can use it however he chooses. But when we had the first biracial president, President Obama, wasn't the first black president, probably going to be the Republican Party. I've told you this before. But the first biracial president, President Obama, that comes into office, you would think he would have understood the struggles of people that have come from socially awkward or, or, or socially unacceptable or challenging situations, right? A lot of us had faith that he would come back to the center. I didn't vote for him, but I thought, well, maybe he's going to come to the center. President Clinton did. He figured it out. Right after the 94 election, President Clinton came to the center. So did President uh, Bush, really, because he was not a conservative. Some of you will think he is. He was not. But the idea of President Obama federally institutionalizing the student loans without thinking it through. like He is not a dumb guy, just so you know. He's actually quite intelligent. But it goes to show you how quite intelligent people can really mess things up. Because what he did is he took that student loan world and made it this albatross around your neck, this millstone that will never go away for some of you. So here's my solution. Number one, community college, period. You have younger children, I want you to start saving. You have grandchildren, I want you to start saving. What type of an account? You can do an account at a savings, at a credit union or a bank, just under your name. You can do it. Under their name, it's called an UGMA account, Uniform Gift to Minors account. Simple, but just know at 18 years old and 18 minutes, the account is theirs. The college account is called the 529, but it has to be used for their benefit. Now, the education or college account today under the rules that are now, the 529 account can be used for their 15-year-old cheerleading camp or softball uh, camp or band camp at 16 years old or Whatever it might be, it doesn't have to be college. It can be anything for the child's benefit. New computer, uh, tutoring, right? So check with your financial advisor. Make sure they're doing it right. Make sure that you're doing it correctly. I don't want you to get in trouble. But it can be used for a variety of things besides education and college. So we used ours to pay for our community college classes. We used them to, to – my daughter studied abroad for a semester. You could use it for things like that. Nothing wrong with that, but I don't want you going into your debt. Do not at all fight it to the, to the death, if you will. Do not take from your retirement account for your child's college. They have 50 years to pay back that loan, even if they screw it up, make mistakes. Got it. You don't have 50 years to save for retirement. There is no retirement loan program. There's student loan programs, 
So if you've already jumped in with both feet and you made mistakes, I need you to fix it. How are you going to do it? You have to pay back your retirement loan. You have to. Nobody's going to take care of you. Here's what happens. You don't pay it back and you become self-sufficient. What happens? You don't get to speak up. You don't get to stand up. You don't get to make a difference. You don't get to be heard on the issues that matter to you because you will be owned by the federal government, by Social Security, by your employer. Because you know what? Who's going to work for you? Right? I love President Trump. I, listen, I don't want to be his friend. I, don't, I mean, it'd be nice to be his friend, but, but I don't want to be his neighbor. I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want him to marry my daughter. Uh, I just want him to fix my country. Right? If he and I got together and I go, oh, you know what? It turns out to be a really good guy. That'd be nice. I'd, uh, people I know that know him think he's a great person. Got it. Wacky, competitive, arrogant. Oh, whatever. You know how arrogant you have to be to think you could be president? Narcissistic. Uh, can you say Governor Newsom? Self-centered. Uh, Mayor Bass. So come on. If you think you can be president, governor, mayor, CEO of a company, of course you are partially, if not 100% narcissistic and socially. Uh, yes, that's what it's about. It's not my job to be your, the narcissistic police, right? Just fix my country. The best black men unemployment record ever was under President Trump. The best programs ever for immigration to keep us safe, President Trump. Middle East peace tried by both parties, President Trump. Look, do I, do I wish that he would have less of these scandals circulating him? Yes, but sometimes, listen, my parents said it very good, uh, very well once. The only way you will know if you were making a big uh, difference is if the people around you that hate you are bad guys. My partner used to say that. I go, man, I was brand new, right? Brand new young police officer. I always say skinny with the, you know, shaved head. I'm sitting on, because that's the way it is in the academy. You had to cut your hair real short like the military. Come out, Democrat, I'm going to change the world. Sitting with my partner and I said, it's weird. All these gang members, they hate us so much. It's like, Arif, when bad guys dislike you, you're doing something right. I said, oh, well, I guess we must be doing something right. $1.76 trillion in student loan debt. Do you think they purposely want to collapse the system? Maybe. When you have 12% of student loan debt, One out of every eight people are defaulting. They're behind on their payments. One out of eight. Have you asked yourself who, right? We don't need to have you sit in a prison cell with handcuffs. All I have to do is shut down your debit card. I don't need you to be set in a prison cell. I just have to restrict your movement by minimizing your income. I don't have to have you sit in a jail with shackles on your, on your ankles and your wrists as you waddle with your little orange jumpsuit. I don't have to do that. I can just make it so expensive for you to charge your electric car between the new car registration fees at the state of California. Surprise, we told you this was going to happen. Right? One of the old, our old state senator, 
was a friend of mine. He said, Eric, if all these uh, electric cars, they don't realize their car registration is going to go up through the roof. Why? Because we're not collecting gas tax on them anymore. I said, but you guys don't fix the roads anyway. He goes, he laughed. He said, Eric, the Democrats are in control. Ah, got it. You see, you have to understand something. The left does not care about making life better. The left wing cares about controlling your life. Those are different things. Now one out of eight are delinquent. What do you think is going to happen to them? Are they going to be able to have their passport? Nope. Nope. We just had this happen. A client came in, says, I've been late on my student loan debts for myself and for my son. I said, well, I thought your son was almost 40 years old. Well, he is. He's 37. I said, how did you still have student loan? Well, Arif, after 2008, I went back to school to get my master's. So I had to get a student loan, and then I had to live on that money, and I had to make a choice to pay for my credit cards or my student loans. Otherwise, they would have cut me off. So I charged up my credit cards, and when I finally got a job again, I paid back my credit cards to keep my credit clean, but I didn't pay off my student loan. Oh, are you going to pay it back? He goes, well, they just seized my passport. I can't travel internationally anymore. I said, are you kidding me? Nope. And he says, I keep getting letters threatening me to remove my, he's licensed in his field, where they would remove that licensing and disqualify him from earning any money because he's not paying back the student loan. Do you understand that when the government licenses you, they don't do it so that they can license you. They do it so they can take it away from you. And so here's a student loan. He's like, I'm trying to work. I'm paying it back. I'm paying back pieces and parts as I can. But ultimately, I don't really know how to pay it all back. And it's simple. It's because I don't make enough money. Oh, fascinating. They're threatening to take away his driver's license. They see, anytime he gets a tax refund, they seize it. So here's my report to you. If you have a tax refund and you have issues with the uh, government taxes or, or IRS, you meet with your CPA or your tax advisor. Meet with them. Have a conversation with them. Say, hey, what can I do? And they might tell you, raise your withholdings so you get your money back today so that you don't have a refund because when you have a refund, they're going to seize it and pay student loans, pay penalties, interest fees. They'll take that money from you. So raise your withholdings is what they might tell you. But be guided by them. Stay with me, guys, after the break. Tegan Powell from Kane University, back east. Get a chance to hear from the mouth of an athlete, a female athlete, not not identifying as a female, but an actual female athlete. What is the trans athlete stuff doing to her? How is the situation being impacted with her actual education? Tegan Powell, when I get back after the break. Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour. Triple eight ninety nine retire eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now higher. Strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now, Arab Hey, welcome Halibi to the show. 
Thanks for staying or being part of the show. Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Show. Listen, I'm uh, with special guest Tegan Powell. You've heard me talk about uh, some of the issues with trans athletes, how they're robbing, literally stealing and cheating. Uh, we just had that this week with the the gentleman who, or the man, I don't know if he's a gentleman yet, but the man who finished second place and bumped the, who would have been the legitimate third place young lady to fourth place. Now, she's in high school, a junior if I'm not mistaken, but why does that matter? Because now their coaches aren't going to look at her. She's not going to the state championships. This is all across the board, whether it's volleyball or softball or swimming, right? Leah Thomas did the same thing in the swimming world, in the college swimming world. This uh, man who ran, who finished second place, what he did, which is very important, is he beat his time. He was so excited. He beat his time by seven seconds, which is a lot. But you realize the last place finisher in the men's division was still over 15 seconds faster than him. I want to be clear. He would have been last place plus 15, like like beyond last place. Like, thank you for showing up. Get the bleachers while you're done. So is it not cheating to say, and I want to win so badly that I'm going to steal this from a young lady? Listen, I get it. There's pain. There's depression. There's suicide. I understand. But you realize that happens everywhere all the time. But we're taking this from young women. Well, my, I have an argument here that I want to uh, share with you in a second, but I wanted to bring on Tegan Powell. Tegan, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Tegan, you attend college. Where do you, where do you go to school? I go to school at Kane University in Union, New Jersey. Okay, out in New Jersey, and you're here on the West Coast. I happen to know your father, so that's one of the reasons I ask you to come on, because you're really making a presence known in the, uh, well, in some of the, the, the college sports world. I wanted to specifically say swimming. Riley Gaines has kind of entered into that world, but she's been in a, a discussion, having discussions based on all of the athletes that are taking or stealing positions from real women, if you will. Why, as a swimmer, is this affecting you greater than what you might think? Uh, I really do think the craziest part about it, the whole thing with swimming and track, especially too with the situation that recently happened, is it's very clear and obvious that men are faster than women in every aspect. And with track and swimming, they have the statistics to prove it. So if you look at the top times of 50 free freestyle, which is two laps for men, they go 21 seconds, 0.74 seconds, big deal. If you drop a second, huge deal in swimming. Yeah, it's night and day. Uh, Top 50 freestyle swimmer in women's goes a 24.40, which if you look at the rankings for that for men, it leads to 319th. So, So number one in women would have been 319th in the men. Yes. So that's important to understand because there's something different between a man and, and female swimmer. Now, I swam in high school for two years and in college one year. Uh, all of those times, I should have learned that I was not competitive. I stopped growing. So probably my, my second year in high school, I realized it was not my thing. I'm, I just stopped growing. But the men look different that are athletes in the swim world. What's the difference? Uh, the difference is a lot of things. It's 
the entire build. There was a study done in 1989 by uh, P. Bishop, and they measured males versus females, and they said that males, a FFW, which is a fat-free weight, um, it was 32% larger in men, 49% larger upper arms, and 23% larger thighs. I mean, you can even see physical build by Leah Thomas. You see a picture of him diving off against the women. He's out farther. He's larger. It's, it's not insane. even close. Not even close. Uh, I understand. Maybe there's the, the solution is to have a third category. I don't know if there's enough transgender athletes to be in that third category, but maybe it's the guys that couldn't do well that are trying to steal from the women. It's truly cheating and stealing. Uh, listen, I get it. You're going to be mad, some of you. Uh, I have family and friends and people I know that are – that are uh, in this world. I have a friend of mine in Virginia. We both know him, Brian. I don't know if you know, but his son just came out as a girl. It's a big deal, right? Virginia Beach. So how, how do you do that, right? Well, you still have to love them. But if you're an athlete, you don't get to say, I'm going to change and steal this uh, second place. Where do you think this came from? Where do you think this transgender athletic uh, movement came from? Well, one thing that I looked into is um, I was looking at the studies, where, especially if we're talking about the younger generation. Um, you look at, let me see what I have here. There's a clinic in the UK, uh, Tavistock Gender Identity Clinic for Children and Young People. So they had a surge in referrals in the last 10 years. So in 2011, they had 210 referrals. And in 2021, they had 3,585 referrals. So it's become this epidemic of almost a, a psychological ec- epidemic for attention, maybe. Maybe it's a place where people are going since the lockdowns when depression really hit hard. And the one thing that I can think of is uh, 90% of teenagers ages 13 to 17 use social media. 75% have reported to have active social media accounts. And this is something that has increased from the times of 2011 to 2021. So although they're not directly correlated, I do believe that children and those of the younger age have access to this information online and they're seeing that some people who decide to transition seem to be happier or seem to be that they have become better people making this transition when these people and these children see that they've seen a change they want that change too because they want to find their happiness. so the typical stuff that we see in the world of social media which is people are only publicizing the good part how many times have you guys been at a restaurant? Think about this for a second. You've been at a restaurant. I see somebody. She has a, a, an ugly face on, right? I mean, just, just not happy and mean sitting there. Uh, and then it comes time to turn on her camera and take a selfie with the food. And she smiles. and Everything's great. And then the smile goes away. And she's back to just eating her food all alone, miserable. And I think to myself, there's no different than that. And what you see at casinos when you go into a casino and you see how miserable people look when they're sitting at the slot machines. I'm like, that's not the same commercial I saw on TV last week, right? Folks were, were, were happy and yelling and screaming and high-fiving each other. at the. That's not happening. You so have miserable true. people with smoking and masks and they just sit there at the – I'm wondering if that's that same transition. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it is. I also think that – a lot a big issue is I've listened to a lot of people who are detransitioners. There's actually a decent amount of good examples online of people who have transitioned thinking that it would make them happier and it didn't and I've looked into a lot of those and majority of them are being silenced 
to find them. You really need to dig deeper. But from listening to them, they were saying that the process is very easy. You go into a therapist and you say, I want to change. And they say, okay, we'll send you to this office. Here's your hormones. It's no, where did this come from? How are you feeling? It's too easy. So the transitioning process, there's no challenging. There's nobody who's really pushing through this process and saying, uh, we need to make sure that we are not doing a permanent decision on a temporary problem, right? All of us have bad days, gray days, sad days. Uh, you know, I've been depressed. I've been sad when my dad and mom were sick, right? Different times and you're in the hospital. You still have to go to work. You still have to smile. You still have to be focused. It doesn't mean I'm going to change the rest of my life. Uh, this is pretty important when you're thinking that most people have to focus on getting well instead of covering up the problem, whatever the problem is. That's where I'm starting to see it happen. How do you feel about Riley Gaines and her message? She's been out there in the front. I think she has a fantastic message. I also think that it is very, depending on the perspective that people look at her, they think that she is sending a hateful message and people bypass the concept that she's just standing up for what she truly does believe in. And it's nothing personal to the community, the transgender community. It's just all about fairness. I, I think when you go across the board and look at tennis players, you know, Billie Jean King and, and John uh, McEnroe, if I remember right, or Jimmy Connors, this is way before your time, but you could see the difference in power and strength. Look at Martina Navatilova. I think both of those ladies are gay, and both of them are very much against the transgender athletic uh, movement that's pushing men into women's sports. I almost think we have to think foc- uh, focus on this. That masculine men, that toxic masculinity, I think that's the only way to save it, right? It sounds very, oh, what's the right word? I'm trying to be kind here, but the men across America that is the stand-up man with the T-shirts and the, the strong arms and the politeness and the yes, ma'am, and the opening the door and the no, sir, they're the only ones that are standing up. The milk toast men, if you will, without the cojones to stand up and, and fight back, what are they doing? The, it's going to take toxic masculinity to protect women's sports. It is not going to be these milk toast guys that nobody cares about when they speak up, right? Their goal is to not offend. I think you and I need to understand that, that offending somebody is a you problem, right? If I offend you with what I say, there's two things you can do. One, you can turn away and not listen. And number two, understand and dig deep and understand if I am offending you, it's a you problem. If there's 25 people in a room and 23 of them are offended, the 23 people need to ask themselves why they're offended. It's their problem, not mine. There is no such thing in America as hate speech. I love hate speech. Oh, what the heck is hate speech? It doesn't exist. Hate speech is not a thing. It's made up like unicorns. You can say hate speech. The, the Constitution, First Amendment, it's only designed to protect speech that you disagree with. That's it. It's not designed to protect speech that you agree with because nobody's going to fight against it. You know, the event that she talks about uh, impacted you. How did that happen? Riley Gaines came out, said something, started pushing at Leah Leah Thomas, and that really made a difference in you. You're 19 years old, soon to be 20, coming in all the way across the country to talk about this. Why? I just think it's very inspiring 
because even my peers, they don't seem to be that vocal about it. It's almost uncomfortable to bring it up, but I do believe that most women are feeling the same way. What are they saying behind the scenes? Is there any courage in the locker room or in in the DMs, the chats off to the side? I can't really say that I've had a discussion about it with my teammates. I've almost mentioned it, but it's mostly swerved or avoided. I've talked to it about with my other friends knowing their perspective already and knowing that that's something they're comfortable talking about. But there was a uh, I forget what it was. It was basically a meeting for women in sports at my school. And most of the people who were speaking there were very, I don't know what the word would be. They were talking about how they were emphasizing being a woman and emphasizing how powerful women are. So I feel as though everyone almost has the same perspective, but they're beating around the bush and not saying it straight up. Women's leadership has, has uh, strongly been left behind. Uh, they are lacking in courage. They're afraid to stand up. Instead of the feminist movement, the Gloria Steinem's of the day and the Jane Fonda's standing up for women's sports and women in general, you kind of hear behind the scenes that they're all caving. A- and if you do that, ladies, you understand that the system – will put men first, second, and third in every single sport, including the Olympics. I think uh, international cycling has just made a, a change, at least one of the, the, the companies that manage, or, or the organizations, rather, that manage women's cycling. But there, you don't see that a lot. And, and I have family, friends that are gay, and they are very much against this transgender men and women participating in the other side sports. You don't hear uh, a woman who's coming to be a man or even pretending, I don't know if they had all the surgery yet, or you know, pretending to be a man, dressing up like a man, going into the boxing ring and beating the daylights out of a Mike Tyson. Or you don't hear a, a, a woman dressing up like a man and going in pole vaulting a grader in track and field. just doesn't happen. It's the other way around. That should tell you, folks, that something is wrong. When you hear me talk about standing up and having courage, if you'd like to talk to Tegan, let me give you the phone number, 866 870 5752. I'll take some of your calls here. 866-870-5752. Tegan, uh, the situation is impacting womanhood, as I've mentioned. From your point of view as a young woman now growing up into both as a, as a top swimmer and then at the same time coming in as a college athlete in general, is there any conversation on the greater womanhood, conversa- uh, womanhood space? Is there anything happening? Do you mean within my community at school? Yeah, in the community at school or on Facebook or or Twitter or whatever else you might, Instagram these days, TikTok, whatever it is that you are involved in any kind of arena, do you hear women pushing back or is everybody still afraid because of the O word, the offend word? I feel like majority of people are afraid, to be completely honest. I talk to this type of thing about with my friends but it's never something that they're very verbal about. I'm quite verbal on social media. If I see something, I'll post it. Sometimes it gets backlash, too, if anything. But besides that, I don't really see I I think standing up under the courage umbrella is important for your generation. I think you have to bring up the point that courage, by its definition, is going to cost something. Friends, family, uh, it's going to cost money. There are people, Riley Gaines is not going to get a Wheaties box anytime soon. Right, she's, she's now part of 
the other side of the conversation. Corporate America is not a right-wing or even a conservative organization anymore between Nike and Adidas and uh, all of these organizations in the athletic world. Maybe there's one or two that are standing up, and if they are, it just means they're quiet. I don't think there's as many people pushing back. What do you think people need to focus on more when it comes to this movement? I think people need to focus more on the morality of it all. I feel as though the common response to these types of things are, so what? A lot of people say, so what? That man wants to be a woman. So what? He wants to play in a female sport. And the thing is, how long can we say, so what, until being a biological woman is destroyed and it's no longer a thing that we can accept in society? The entire WNBA has $12 million in its payroll, $12 million for the entire WNBA. There's LeBron James, I think he's $36 million a year, something like that, $37 million. That means one man makes more than the entire league. The WNBA, in its 26-year history, has never turned a profit, never. Women's basketball as entertaining as it's going to be for some, it is not interesting to me. I'm not a fan of it. It doesn't. I'm not a fan of a lot of things, so it doesn't mean the, anything necessarily. Except nobody else is watching either. When you say that, why aren't women being paid the same in golf? Why aren't women being the, paid the same in whatever sport? The idea is people have to watch it, and then advertisers say, "Ooh, I want those eyes to look at my product." So when you start to see the the movement of men supporting women. It, the only way the WNBA can exist is if the men playing basketball continue to play well and they are subsidized. And that is a, uh, that is a slap in the face to the women's movement that say women and men should be paid the same. I understand that. I don't know if you want to comment on that, but it's purely economics. I agree. What are your thoughts on understanding this pay gap Whatever, golfers, uh, I mean, it's different. There, there's certainly some sports that women excel and people care about, right? Gymnastics, very few people watch the men's gymnastics team. I, I don't mean they're bad. It's just they're not interesting to me. But the young women, they are just amazing to watch. Absolutely. I just think that there are certain things that men do better than women and certain things women do better than men. And instead of trying to be... Instead of women trying to be what the men are great at, let's embrace what we can do that men cannot and vice versa. The, your peers in this situation, you, you've mentioned them a little bit. Is there any kind of leadership role you can take? Can you step out and have a conversation and say, listen, having trans men, I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's the right term, but the men that are pretending to be women, having them coming into the sport field, track and field, swimming, whatever it might be. Does it make sense to have those same people have a protest against them where women just step down off the boards? Take your mark and you guys just step backwards and you let them run. I have personally not approached a situation of that nature in my league yet. I believe that if something were to come up, I will be stepping up and doing something about it because it is not fair. Is there anybody in your peer group that would stand up with you? I don't know the answer to that. I don't have anyone that I am on my team, at least. 
that I know would step up with me and I can be confident in that. I know that my family would support me. So why is it that you're speaking up now? Well, I was given the opportunity to do so. And I think that's something that's super special and I didn't want to back down on that. But it definitely is something that is scary. Yeah, folks, I'm speaking to Tegan Powell from Kane University in New Jersey. Uh, athlete, swimmer, uh, one of the top in her field. And yet starting to see the trans uh, movement impact college athletics. I, I have somebody I know who has transitioned. I haven't spoken to him or her, I guess, now. I haven't spoken to her about this. It'd be interesting to do that. I can reach out and see if she still has the same phone number when when I knew her years ago, because it'd be interesting to see coming from an athlete, because he's a very strong athlete when he was a, a man, uh, but he had transition. I mean, he had surgery, stuff removed, stuff added. Uh, it's done. So that's a commitment. And if that person still wants to be in sports, I don't know if they, if they have the same testosterone impact. But bone density, muscle density, those things are different between a man and a woman. Do you see any alternative to this Situation Like, where can I see a fix? What do you see from your point of view? The only thing I could think of is do something similar to women where you have another league similar to Title IX. Uh, another thing that I could think of is instead of basing leagues on men versus women, you could say that it is based off of sex. I forget which one is which, sex versus gender, but if you were to categorize people by their biology, that could be something that would just move smoother. Well, so you're going to be 20 coming up, and you're going to probably swim for the next couple years, you think? Yes. All right, so here we have you swimming for the next couple years. Now you have uh, two transgender men pretending to be women come up on the – wearing their Target tuck bathing suit and and, – Unbelievable, guys. If you still shop at Target, shame on you. Shame on you, let alone drinking Bud Light. I think you have to ask yourself you know, where your values are, but that's, that's me. Explain to me, you now have two men on the boards. There's eight lanes, let's say. Two of them are up there dressed in their onesies, and they're going to jump. What do you do? Because you know you have no chance of beating them, probably. I believe I would step down. So that's going to be a courageous move. If you do something like that, you realize that will hit media. That'll hit the news, just like doing this show. Absolutely. You have to be prepared for that. Someone has to do it. That's why young people fight wars, because courage is made up of two things, knowledge and a lack thereof. And I think we count on I remember walking down the street, and I would see two people walking by themselves wearing masks. And I would be standing outside my office door. My staff hates it when I'm bored or if I, if I don't have a client and, and I just open the door and watch people watch as people walk by. And I'll say things like, excuse me, excuse me. You know, we counted on you. You're supposed to be the rebels. You're supposed to be the, the people that ask questions, that challenge. And you're outside and you're wearing a mask and you're breathing your same air. Are, do, do you not think your body said get rid of this air? And you're like, no, 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 I'm going to keep it. Somehow you think that's a smart... So I would challenge young people. Sometimes they would take their masks off because their concern of offending somebody was greater than their common sense or their courage. That, I think, is going to be 
the feeling that transfers into your world. So be very careful with that as you, uh, as you move forward. All right, give me some more comments. So we're going to take a break here in just a second. Tell me, Tegan. So another thing that I did want to mention is anatomically, on average, men have larger lungs, less body fat, more muscle mass than women. There was also a study that I was reading up on, a longitude study that examined the effects of testosterone suppression on muscle mass, Uh strength in transgender women. And it showed that consistently... There was modest changes where the loss of lean body mass, muscle, and strength amounts was down to 5% after 12 months of treatment. And according to the Hilton from Springerlink, performance gap at puberty between men and female is 10 to 50%. So the difference in the puberty blockers and the testosterone-suppressing agents, uh, certainly academically and anecdotally, we are saying it's so minimal, it's irrelevant. Pretty much, yes. I, I can tell you in, in college when we would swim, one of my events made it to the actual uh, championship, the, the uh, Southern California uh, championship. So part of what I had to do was to watch out and make sure that I wouldn't get my butt kicked too badly, right? All right, so here I am in this race. I'm 5'7 on a good day. And I'm sitting there, and this kid was six foot, and his the entire team was six foot plus. Their wingspans were taller than I, or longer than I was tall. We got beat so badly that it wasn't even a it wasn't even a a chance. When we saw the same women competing, our team, which was the last place, we beat the first place team. It's the moment I realized that men and women in swimming are night and day. We'll be back in just a minute. Tegan Powell, Kane University, New Jersey, California, or New Jersey, United States, far away, coming out to talk about trans athletes, the impact. I'll be right back. Eric Halliby, triple eight ninety nine, retire. That's our number. Let me give you the inside line. If you have a question for Tegan, eight six six eight seven zero fifty seven fifty two, eight six six eight seven zero fifty seven fifty two. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial Welcome back. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for staying part of the show. Hey, listen, uh, your input matters. I'm going to give you the number inside the office here. I want you to give me a call. Our studio line, 866-870-5752-866-870-5752. Important for a lot of reasons. One, uh, I think you should start challenging, asking questions, learning what's happening with trans athletes competing in sports. What is the change that happened over the last five or six or seven years as this has now become a thing on the unfair advantage world? When you see men competing in the women's field, listen, it it impacts all across the board because they've chosen to lump it in with gay and straight. And that is not the case. I I can tell you our gay friends, clients, family members, 
They think this is an abomination, but they are afraid. They don't have the courage to stand up for lots of reasons. They lose their job. Most of their friends feel the other way. This is important. You have to have courage. If you don't, if you don't stand up, but don't be a dummy. Don't just say it and, and stomp your foot and do uh, because, uh, because I feel your feelings are irrelevant to facts. I know this is probably new. <laughs> a lot of you think that feelings matter. And they do with my relationship with my wife and my children and my parents. But one plus one is two. Whether I feel like it's seven or I feel like it's nine, one plus one is still two. A man is stronger than a woman across the board. Not every man, not every woman. Don't be a fool. Somebody says that, you just look at them, call them a fool, and then cite facts. In the CIF championship up at... uh, the CIF track and field meet that we were talking about earlier. The transgender athletes basically did a no-show at the CIF track and field preliminary championships. Why that matters is that fourth-place young lady still didn't get a chance to compete. There was just a hole. I'm going to tell you, athletes, parents, if you have a man dressed as a woman or you have a boy dressed as a girl because he thinks that he's... A, then, first of all, psychological treatment is very important. The amount of young people detransitioning, filing lawsuits now across the board, they're huge. But when you have places like Michigan and California and New Jersey and, and most other states, it's, it's a horrible scenario to see this where trans athletes are stripping away scholarships and opportunities for young women. Who, who's going to stand up? The, the, the left-wing uh, women's movement, feminist movement? No. The milk toast uh, guy who, who uh, no, not him, but the real man, the, 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 I love it, the toxic masculinity, masculinity. Some will say he's here to save the day again. He's walking in, saving the day, making sure women are treated right. Just like the Wild West, nobody talks to my wife that way. My own children when they were little. I, I think I have the most beautiful kids in the world. Like you should think about yours. But my son was probably 12 years old, my oldest. It got a little mouthy with his mom. That's what happens, right? Young boys starting to, to feel their, their independence. And I brought him next to me and I said, let me explain something to you. She was my wife before she was your mother. And I don't let anybody talk to my wife that way. You or anybody else. So you need to apologize to your mom. Because she's my wife. You see, men... That's the way you honor women. You respect them. You protect them. And when your daughters are being trampled upon by the far left, these are such a small percentage, but they're loud and they're violent and they're vocal. And instead of the state, state uh, agencies, regulatory bodies, FBI coming in and, and shutting them down, they're feeding the fire. Why? I don't know. Just like Antifa is the political and the military arm and Black Lives Matter are the military arm of the Democrat Party. They're the brown shirts. No different. That's it. That's what they are. Brown shirts. Remember that? Do some research if you can still find the book. With me today in studio is Tegan Powell. Tegan Powell, Kane University, New Jersey, talking about trans athletes, specifically in her sport swimming. But I wanted to bring her in because her perspective matters. She's on the ground. I haven't swam for 40 years, 30 years. Don't want to age myself too much. 
high school, one year in college, realized it wasn't my thing. Sometimes you have to know when to quit. I was a year, I should have quit a year earlier. But sometimes you have to know when to, hey, it's just not yours. It's not your thing. Well, for her, it's just the opposite. She's a great swimmer. But now going forward, impact in notoriety, scholarships, recognition, hard work. Well, maybe a man is going to take that place from from Tegan Powell. Tegan, tell me a little bit about yourself when it comes to uh, a uh, the, the swimming opportunity when you see men coming on board. Real quick, and then I'm going to take a, a call, call from you, Carlos, from uh, Carson. Stand by, call, Carlos. I think it really does take away from women fighting to have their own league, despite the fact that maybe not a lot of people do watch them and there's not as much money in it as there is for men. Women still have the opportunity to compete, and that is being taken away by men. I think when you look at women's sports from equestrian events to softball, you start to see on and on people really recognizing and appreciating it. Carlos from Carson, how are you? Great, great program. Uh, I wanted to... uh loud uh, command the young lady who's very courageous but did i hear uh i, I forget what your first name is i'm sorry Arif. lady. oh, oh, oh tegan. Tegan. tegan tegan did i hear you mention the tavistock institute in connection with transgenderism i think i heard you say that yes the tavistock uh, gender identity clinic for children oh, and young I people see. okay listen that doesn't surprise me because the Tavistock Institute is actually was based originally based in Great Britain, and it's a think tank that's been used by uh, very big people like the Rockefeller Foundation, some big money people, in order to create social trends and impact and have a have an impact on the collective psychological psychic of society. It is happening as it's happening now with the proliferation of transgenderism. Uh, they're part of the D-State, and they want to debase society. I just thought I'd give you a little bit of background of where the Tavistock Institute comes from and why there's so many people graduating from their programs or whatever. They, their objective is to create confusion in the family unit as it's happening and to debate society as part of the deep state agenda goal for the future creation of a world police state where people are going to be, will live like robots controlled by some of these big think tank institutions. Well, Carlos, so you've got to bring that up. Yeah, Carlos, you've hit it on the head when we see people across the board uh, pushing agendas. That study, one of the studies was 2020, December 2020. Now, we'll be clear on that. That was the end towards the end of the first year uh, of the COVID lockdowns when we started seeing everything from suicides and uh, overdosing and depression and medication that was being uh, prescribed. You see this happen and you ask yourself, why are these organizations thinking it's a good idea to undermine women's sports? What are they trying to do? Well, are they trying to, uh, yeah, are they trying to eliminate this? That's, that's a question. It's a bit more rhetorical. But I can't understand why people will walk through the door and think that having a man compete with a woman is a good idea. Thank you for calling, Carlos. I want to continue here with Tegan Powell. Tegan, tell me, uh, as you're talking about 
the next step for these young sports, 9, 10, 12-year-old. I used to see them when I would get pool time and we're in the water. You're gonna, you see kids from all walks of life, black, white, didn't matter. And what did I see working out, trying to be something? And now it's being taken from them. What is your message to those young people? Right. So my message to the young people is just embrace who you are. I think we were all put here to be exactly who we are, and there should be no changing that. I think there isn't as much as a push for children to understand that they are special as there should be. Parents don't tell their kids that who they are is perfect. And a big issue today is that a lot of people want to have their kids be transgender so they can use their kids as a status. Almost like that uh, study or, or, or that uh, field, uh, what is it? Oh, Munchausen, right? The disease, Munchausen. I don't know if you've heard of it, but heard of it. it's where a parent will purposely injure their child so that their child will get treatment. And then the parent is the, the giver of safety, security, and care for their child. And it was they're in and out of hospitals or in and out of medical clinics and on and on. Right. Uh, Munchausen disease. You actually saw a young woman who was told she had cancer by her mom, shaved her head, put her in a wheelchair. And it was this ongoing thing worth GoFundMe and raising money and on and on. That's certainly the extremes. But when you see parents pushing this idea, and your dad and I know somebody who two out of three of his kids, and possibly the, the third, who knows, all have identity issues. Now you ask yourself, is it a genetic? Is it nature? Is it nurture? I don't know that. But you can't tell me that it, when there's 0.05% of the population and two out of three of them are in the same family, that something isn't wrong with that family. Maybe nice people, but something's wrong somewhere. Let me give you the phone number one more time, guys, if you want to get in to talk to Tegan Powell, 866-870-5752. That's 866-870-5752. All right, Tegan, the biggest issues that we're seeing on these developmental identities and the athletes, there's no time really for them to uh, – do they have to transition in your school or, or in your league – or division, are you seeing that they have to be a man for, uh, or sorry, a woman for, for two months, two years, six months? How long do they have to, quote, declare themselves a woman before they can go in there and swim? I believe that there is a 12-month period where you need to take the hormones to become the opposite sex, and then you would be able to compete. There actually is some, there is a one person who is a transgender within my league a male to female, but he, she is still competing on the male side of things, but claims to be competing next year. As so, a woman. As a woman. So that'll be interesting if How's that's something. How's his times? Actually, for a male, not Not very not good. good. Yeah, but we have the same times, or did. Yeah. Prior to this season, we had the same time. So that was really that was something that I was quite nervous for. Yeah. To hear that that was coming in, but it hasn't been established yet and we will see if it is or not. Do you think any other young ladies on your team or in your league would be willing to step down off the blocks if he comes up and takes the takes his mark? To be honest, not that I know of. 
if I'm keeping it 100%. So, I, there, so then you have courage, right? Cost something. Absolutely. And uh, maybe you're going to the Olympics, maybe not. So you have to ask where the line is, what, what your values are, where that decision to make a difference. Another question here that's important as we go through this, there are, this is just the beginning, right? Whenever the left wing grabs an issue, they have, to, they have to ride that issue for as long as they can. They did it with racism. That has kind of run by the wayside. And I'll tell you, you don't have to comment on this, but the word racism no longer has the same meaning. It used to mean something. You'd call somebody a racist, man. That was, that was the, the worst of worst. And you totally walk agree. through life and you're like, wow, that guy's a racist. That's, that's a horrible thing. Today, if I disagree with the color of your hair, I'm a racist. Today, if a, if a white guy's got a sombrero at, at a fraternity party, he's offending the Hispanic community and culturally appropriating. When a black lady walks around with blonde braids, she's not culturally appropriating. When a Hispanic lady dyes her hair blonde, she's not culturally appropriating. But if a white girl has dreadlocks, she is culturally appro- – I mean, do you see there, there's just no – common sense here it's lost its value the words so i think that's why they've embraced this new transgender thing i think that's become the next horse they're going to ride for a while as long as they can to keep americans fighting and amongst themselves and you think of the whole riley Gaines situation the first thing that people will say against her is that she's a transphobe exactly not the fact that she is pushing for women to have equal rights in the sports that they're playing and for to have fair game yes it's that she's a transphobe and that she's against transgenders when that's absolutely not the case you see words matter they do this in the abortion debate so they'll say somebody is anti-abortion or pro-life right depending on what side is commenting if i say i'm pro-life the other side will go well he's anti uh, anti-choice you go wait 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 so you're pro-choice pro-life What's the difference? Well, one is pro-life. I, I, I want to save the life of the baby. The other one is pro-choice. I want the mother to, well, okay, what, what about pro-choice for the baby? Who's choosing for him or her? Exactly. Right? So somewhere in there, the words are going to make a difference. So it's up to you and your generation to say, what is the transphobe? That, that's a joke. I'm pro-women, pro-sports, pro-female sports. So you've got to find that conversation to change that word to something that is not an anti-word. I agree. I think if more people start to step up, that there's going to be a huge shift. I just think there's not enough people doing it right now for other people wanting to join in. So that, that movement always takes one Rosa Parks, right? Rosa Parks was a lady who sat on the bus, and it used to be that you had to sit on the bus, well, wherever you were, but then if a white man came, you had to go to the back of the bus, And here she came along and said, you know, I'm tired. I've been working all day. I'm just tired. She was born in 1913, Tuskegee, Alabama. The deep Democrat racist South, right? Democrats were the the party of the KKK. They are the reason the KKK started was the Democrat Party. Reconstruction, uh, the, the laws that kept black people down in the South, were done by who? The Democrat Party. As acceptance, as this transition began to happen, as the Democrat South became the Republican South, because there was a greater acceptance, 
people said, well, the Democrat Party is the racist party. I'm willing to accept a black neighbor or a black coworker. They got rid of these uh, drinking fountains left and right and became more integrated. Surprise, the South became more Republican, more conservative. So the Democrat Party thrives in the world where there's chaos and partisanship and pieces. Over a decade ago, I was reporting on Harvard having black dorms and black graduations. And I asked my black friends about that. And I said, is that, is that a good th-? They said, Eric, that's horrible. Going backwards. It's exactly what we fought against. And now the same thing is happening with women. All the things that we fought for as a father of a daughter, three sisters, a mom, a wife, and I wanted women to be cared for and protected. Uh, look, it didn't mean that I don't want to be cared for and protected. I am. If I get sick, my sisters show up at the house with chicken soup. My wife's like, ah, he's okay. My sisters care for and protect me. It's what you do. One of my sisters used to run faster than me. One was smarter in math than me. One used to beat me up for a little while. <laughs> right? So all of these things when you're little, it's, there was never a thing that a girl is less than a boy. It never mattered to me. It wasn't, I, I didn't see it. But I did know that we were stronger. I did know that when somebody was picking on my little sister, I had to get in a fight. You were the protector. Always. Surprise, I go from lifeguard to security guard to police officer. And then now a financial guy that protects our clients. It's funny that that trend of life is about protect. I never, as a lifeguard, in fact, I had to save somebody's life once. I didn't go, oh, excuse me, what race or what, how did your parents vote? I, I didn't. It doesn't matter. We're all human. It wasn't. He was a Hispanic kid. Okay, I saved his life. I, I didn't ask, hey, are you, you going to donate at the box office you know, for the, for the movie that's coming out on your life? Right. I, I didn't care about that. I was just – so I, I think you're going to have to stand up and be that person because Rosa Parks – I don't know. How long did she live? She lived till 2005. Can you imagine that? 2005, the changes she, she saw. That's incredible. It's, yeah, a long time. So now there's going to be probably a Rosa Parks moment for you. Where is that going to be? What will, you, what will you fight for? I don't know. I want to start a movement where we can all be for something without the label of the left or the right or any political. I truly do believe that that's the one thing that is separating everyone is that when you believe a certain side, you're instantly muted by the other side of things. So if we could get together and find a common ground and then move forward from there, I think it would make a big difference. I think in we've gone so backwards in society that what we need to do is we just need to get common ground and move forward from there. I, I don't think if you chose if, – if you laid a, a list of issues down – and you said, should we have open borders where people that are phony lying about asylum coming across the border? Because political asylum, the only people we would accept political asylum from would be Canadians or Mexicans. If you're a Honduran, you have to go to Mexico or your closest state, which would be either Mexico or Nicaragua, depending on which, which border you, you go to. You, you can't come from Jamaica to the United States. It doesn't exist. You have to seek asylum in Mexico, the closest state, the next bordering state that's stable. So not the United States. So this whole thing is just uh, – it's a lie. And there's no such thing as – they're not migrants. Migrants come and go. 
They come for the harvest, and then they go back. They come to pick the fruits and vegetables. It's what a migrant does all throughout the world. These are illegal immigrants. They have no plans to return. I share that with you because if I bring that up to somebody on the left and say, the, and they, they will say, well, Eric, they're just here for a better world, better life. They just want better for their family. Great. I want to live better for my family. And you see that house over there, Madonna's house? It's really nice up on the hill. It would be better for my family just to be in her guest house. I, I, I don't need to be in the big house, just the guest house and the pool. I want the pool because it gets hot here. So that should be okay, right? Because it's, it's just for a better life. People would say, oh, now you're drawing the line. So if you took your friends and you went issue by issue and you, and you delved into that, I think the labels would disappear. I think people would believe that the right thing to do would be to keep the borders safe. I think the right thing to do is to protect women from being uh, abused in the locker rooms by men pretending to be women when they come in naked into a woman's dressing room. That is shocking to me that that is anything other than a gross violation of human decency. Like, how does that become okay? So I think maybe you coming down the road from an issue standpoint and saying, should men dressed as women go in the women's locker room? Should we have an open board, right? You pick those things because they're going to think they have to stick to a side. And that's probably a way for you to, to, to breach the subject. I think a way to do it as well is just a perspective shift. I think you need to work on people's perspectives and how they view the world, and then things will start to make more sense. Because when someone has a victim mentality, they're not going to take the time to listen to what you have to say, whether it's facts or not. That's true. Part of it is to find and cite third-party facts. That's what is being buried. You see, Google came out decades ago, maybe 15 years ago, right when I started my radio show, and I was a proponent for it. Now I know I was wrong. I was a proponent for Google putting every single written document in human history, books, manuscripts, everything in digital format, available, preserved for the world forever, until I understood today and recently that Google could manipulate my ability to search those items. It used to be if I wanted Gone with the Wind, I would search Gone with the Wind. I'd go to the library, pull it out, Gone with the Wind. But now that Google's left-wing progressive socialist people are in place, now Google says, well, we're not going to allow it because it's offensive. Well, So the only copy of Gone with the Wind is now hidden from me. I can't get it. I'm now stuck in a corner where I don't get a chance. What is that? Google is supposed to be the one. You see what I'm saying? You have to guess nowadays whether the information you're reading is facts when you should be given the facts and then decide your opinions folks that's tegan powell thanks for joining me tegan kane university new jersey Arif hallaby triple eight ninety nine retire reach out you got a question got a comment maybe an appointment chance for us to review your financial life be my honor it's a big honor actually to be trusted with your financial options and your choices it matters the world to me by the way and I appreciate you giving us a chance. Triple eight ninety nine retire. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being part of the show. We'll see you next week on the Total Financial Hour. This is AM eight seventy. The answer. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.